10.60 a.m. and also to our regular viewers at www.abundantlifelv.org. It is a pleasure to have you with us. You may contact us at 702-647-2627 or write to us at Abundant Life SDA Church, 1720 North J Street, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89106. We would love to hear from you. Our speaker at this time will be our youth pastor, Pastor Lee Wise. Before Pastor Lee Wise speaks to us, we will be blessed with a song of meditation by Miss Maya Walls. church. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. 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 This is why I enjoy um, youth ministry and uh, I'm blessed each time I hear the youth stand up for Jesus. Maya, I want to thank you. I'll give you your hug later. Um, appreciate you for working on this all week and Thank your mom for saying yes. I appreciate that, Amen. for working with her. I can't do it without the parents. Amen? Yeah. 
<laughs> That's right. And uh, we have uh, preachers up here. Um, want to thank Steve, is at Oakwood, and um, I want to thank Jelani, Elder Holiday, apparently he's going to go to Oakwood and preach. Uh, I know the church will be hearing from him soon. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want to thank all the youth who have participated um, in today's programming uh, to make it what it is. Um, I also want to thank Sister Robin Brown, Elder, uh, Brother Ellis, for uh, handling the music for us today. You appreciate them, church? And we're going to hear from them again today at, at four. I'm so glad to be in the house of God. Amen? Amen. And I, I know I like it here at Abundant Life because as youth pastor, you know, I, I, the folk never expect me to babysit their kids. Um, but when they ask me to come up here, they ask me to come and, and give a word. Amen. Amen. And, and that's exactly what, I'll, what I aim to do today. I'm hearing a little feedback in the mic here. Uh, um, that's what we aim to do today. In a few weeks, I'll be leaving to see my mother. And I'm going to spend some time with her. Praise God. Amen. amen. Yeah, if you have a nice mother, say Amen. Yeah, I love my mom, and I'll be seeing her, and she, she's so excited, you know, telling all her friends. I feel like I'm a celebrity going there, you know, uh, and I'm going to be blessed more, actually, uh, just by seeing my mom. So, so I guess this is my last sermon for the year, Brother Steve, and so um, we will go into Revelation, the book of Revelation, and Jelani, I, I'll, I'll do my best, Amen. Amen. All right. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation, the third chapter. And I will read in your hearing these verses. Revelation, the third chapter. If you found it, say amen. amen. All right. Verse 14. And the Bible says, I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says, And to the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. New King James Version. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments, white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eyesalve that you may see. Verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and, what church? Amen. All right, you with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Shall we pray? Oh God. Our Father, we come now to hear from you. Enlighten our minds and our thoughts. Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us right now. 
Father, take our hearts and our minds to this moment, forgetting all right now, and enter your presence. Have thine own way, I pray, right now, in the name of Jesus, that God's people say, Amen. Our subject coming to us from Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, is not an easy one. Because while the first six, six churches have desirable traits of character, they reveal some serious problems. Smyrna, Ephesus, starting with Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and now Laodicea. A downward slide begins with a loss of first love in Ephesus, culminating with stark indifference in Laodicea. The spiritual atmosphere of Laodicea literally makes Christ sick. But before we dig into these verses, my brothers and sisters, keep in mind that these seven messages are not letters as is usually assumed. They were all sent together with the rest of the book of Revelation to be read by all seven churches. Generally, scholars agree that there are three perspectives. How many church? Three perspectives. One, practically, these are real messages to real churches with real problems. Prophetically, these letters portray the church at various stages of church history. Now personally, these messages speak to every Christian and to every church that reads them. They have a word for you and they have a word for me. They have a word for people who call themselves Seventh-day Adventists, Christians. But those who have a Laodicean mentality. They have a word for those in Laodicea and loving it. Our subject today. Laodicea and loving it. The Laodiceans here, they have a problem. If you notice the words, the church of the Laodiceans... If you take a moment to look at each of the letters in Revelation 2 and 3, you will see the words the church of or in. And then the name of the city. In Laodicea, there's a problem of possession. Who is running things? Who is in control? We should never forget why the church exists. It is not a platform that allows us to become well-known in the world. It's not a forum for us to advance our agendas, our ideas. It's not a place we can run or dominate. This church is not our church. It is his church. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. You can go there. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 reminds us, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Jesus died for the church. He purchased it with his own blood. Acts 20, 28 says, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, talking to our officers for next two years, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. He builds it and he sustains it. The church exists for his glory. We exist for his glory. We're here for him 
and for him alone. Our duty is to preach Christ, praise Christ, promote Christ, publish Christ. This is not your body. This is not my body. It is his body. He's CEO and he is to control it. We need no other Lord but Jesus. Well, that's, that's not the only problem they have. There's more because the Bible says the Laodiceans are like the water in their city. They're lukewarm. Cold water piped in from Heropolis was lukewarm by the time it got to Laodicea. They have, in other words, young people, they have become indifferent and self-sufficient. They lost their original enthusiasm and zeal for spiritual things. Going through the motions, unmoved by the things of the Lord. Indifferent toward the cross of Jesus, the word of God, the condition of hurting people around them. But here's the twist of intrigue, ladies and gentlemen. Because while they are not burning hot with passion, the Greek zestos, I just checked it up because I wanted you to know I looked it up. Zestos or passion from which we get zeal. For Jesus, they aren't totally dead and cold sucrose. They're somewhere in between. Ambivalent, betwixt, borderline, divided, hemming and hawing, hesitant, iffy, impartial, indecisive, irresolute, neutral, not definite, not sure of, two minds, open, tentative, torn, uncertain, unclear, uncommitted, undetermined, up in the air, waffling and wavering, wishy-washy, all these things simply says they are indifferent. A divided loyalty and service. Call it whatever you wish. No man can serve two masters. And this makes Jesus sick. Sick to his stomach. You see, too few people are no longer moved by the cross. They read about the crucifixion, Isaiah 53. They hear about it and they sit unmoved. They're not exactly dead. Because they are praying, preaching's going on, singing's going on, but they are not exactly on fire either. There is no excitement and no passion about who they serve, what they hear, and what they are doing. And I recognize, church, that we can become desensitized real easy. And sapped out here in the desert. I recall young people I came here fresh from Michigan. And I was driving around. And I, I asked some of the guys in the car with me, some of the young people. And I said, I saw the billboards. And in Michigan, in Michigan, Darren... There are, there are no great lights in Bering Springs. It's one straight road and the university on one side and a few little Taco Bell and so. When I was there, there was only one stoplight. And so leaving there to Las Vegas, the bright lights, I was horrified. When I saw the billboards and the ladies Jelani on the billboards. And I said to the young men in the car, hey, don't these things bother you guys? And they looked at me and they said, what things? I said, the billboards. They say, no, not a big deal. And to me at that point in time, I felt that it was a burden working here. In fact, I asked God, God, are you sure that you want me to go to Las Vegas? Because you know, if you change your mind, I won't mind. I really won't mind. 
But four years later, Jelani, here I am in the desert. I drive past these billboards and they mean nothing to me. They seem normal to me now. But then church, church, I have to remind myself that these things on the billboard, they are not normal. It's not natural. Even though I'm here for this time, somehow it grew on me. Uh, I wonder if it grew on you too. We cannot allow ourselves to be so caught up with the routine and rigors of living. We forget how to live and for whom we live. No one who is right with God in their right mind can pass Calvary and see the Lord bleeding there, broken and dead, and not be moved. No one can hear the claims of Christ and be indifferent or ambivalent. It, he claims to be God in the flesh. He claims to be the only Savior. He lays absolute claim to your life and mine. No one church can walk in the middle of the road when it comes to Jesus. You're either for him or you're against him. You must either accept him or you can stone him. But all this is a matter of perspective because it's youth there I want to talk about perspective. What did I say church? Perspective, yes. How you perceive things. See, uh, I like Bugs Bunny, Steve. I, I like Bugs Bunny, you know. And let me see those who know about Bugs Bunny. Are all the old people put their hand up and just a few young, I'm sorry, mature people put their hands up and just a few young people. Bugs Bunny. Let me tell you about the furry Bugs Bunny. See, talking about perspective and perception, Elmer J. Fudd. What's up, Doc? What are you doing? I'm hunting rabbit. Mm -mm. And I noticed that a human being, Brianna, Elmer J. Fudd, is human, was always outwitted, outmatched by a Bugs Bunny, a rabbit. How could a human being be led be dumb enough to lose out to a rabbit so many episodes, so many times. I felt I needed to get the shotgun, as you were, get the right, get the thing, and go into the TV and deal with Bugs Bunny myself. Because Elmer was not doing anything, but alas, 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 Miko, one day watching uh, Bugs Bunny with Elmer J. Fudd, I noticed that Elmer wasn't hunting in the forest anymore. Elmer was seated by a huge pot with water in there. And Elmer was, was cutting up carrots. <laughs> and Elmer was putting in his, his celery yet. And he, I'm going to have me some rabbit. And he's putting in his stuff. And I'm saying, wait a minute, something is going on here. And Elmer walked away, left his pot on the fire. And then Sister Richie Bugs, Bugs Bunny came by, stepped into the pot of boiling water. And Bugs was having a good bubble bath of sorts. And then Elmer came back to the pot and started putting more seasons in the pot. And then Bug said, hey, what's up, Doc? At, at what's on the menu? And Elmer says, rabbit soup. <laughs> Bugs Bunny thought all along that it was a bubble bath. He was having a good time swimming around in that huge pot. But Elmer's attitude, Elmer's plan was to cook Bugs Bunny. Perception church. The Laodiceans looked at themselves, they saw the perfect church. Wealthy, powerful, they had all they needed. 
There they sat indifferent, uninterested, uh, 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 and unmoved, and they thought they were in good shape. But they are tricked, bamboozled, if you will. And I think like many of us today, sitting here today, we are tricked. There is a sense that we have arrived. Walk into the average church today and tell them they need a revival. And some would be offended. And I pray that our church never get to that place. The sad truth is that some people get more excited about their money in the bank than their own souls. So I've got to ask Elder Holiday, you talk about the essential questions. Teachers ask that, but preachers say the quintessential uh, question. I have to ask myself, church. I have to ask myself, would I rather Jesus, his presence, his power, than anything in this world? In some ways, the church is like a plane. A jet. And an airplane is only probably the only vehicle that does not have brakes in mid-air. You can't just apply the brakes in mid-air like, okay, let's stop right here over Arizona or Las Vegas. So the church is like a plane. It starts going down if it stops in mid-flight. And it's the same that is true about our church. When the church stops moving forward, when the church loses its vision, when a church stops being passionate about Jesus, they are headed for a rough landing. The Laodiceans are in trouble. But not all is lost. There's hope, church. Now, hope is not the conviction that something will turn out well, but the certainty that something makes sense regardless of how it turns out. That's hope. When Jesus is around, there is hope. The Bible says Jesus comes in as the amen. It comes around, it says he's the amen. Expressing an attitude of faithfulness and truth. People make promises. But when Jesus, when Jesus the amen says it, so be it, let it be so, or it is so. You can take it to the bank. When Jesus speaks it, it's a word of confirmation and finality. He knows Laodicea as they really are. And he comes to pull off the covers. To reveal their true state. He comes to set the record straight. He wants us to be either hot or cold. Zestus or sucrose. A decision will be made today church. And not to decide is to decide. He will spew them out of his mouth. Now that's a nice word in the King James Version, you know. Spew. King James, spew. He'll spew you out of his mouth. Sounds, doesn't sound so gross. But, but when you think of vomit. Now, that's a different tone. Vomit? That's kind of different. When you think of vomit, it's, it's not a nice thing. And Jesus says, he's going to spew them out of his mouth, Jelani. So, so my wife and I went to a little place that only uh, certain folk can shop. It's called Whole Something. All right? So we went over to Whole, Whole Foods. All right? And they have good mangoes over there. Yes, they have good mangoes, man. My wife and I went over there to get some mangoes, and um, we were having quite a nice time, and so we were hungry. Never go to the supermarket when you're hungry. Don't do it. Everything seems delicious. Woo you can't wait. And so we said, nah, let's not go home and eat. Let's have a garden burger. 
garden burger. And so we had a garden burger. Yes. And we sat, we enjoyed our garden burger, and we watched folk spending a, over a hundred bucks for one little bag like that with some little things in there. But we had our burger. 10 to 15 minutes later, we had a problem. My wife, we were driving home, no more than 10 or 15 minutes. Driving home, and, and my wife looked at me and she said, no, I'm not feeling well. I said, really? She said, no, I'm not, I'm not feeling well. And so she's looking pale. And then I feel my stomach going <laughs> So I'm driving now, and I'm looking at her. She is feeling sick, and I'm feeling sick, like really weak, and I'm leaning over in the car, and so coming down. And so I'm trying to get home real quick, because you, you don't want a disaster on the road, right? And so we're heading home, finally got down, knelt before the little white thing in the bathroom, knelt before it, knelt down before it, and everything. <laughs> and I felt better about myself. I thought it would be one day, but it ended turning into three. My wife is here. You can ask her. And so we vowed never to go to Whole Foods ever again. You'd never get me go over there again. Maybe nice. Never get me walk through the, I don't care. Walmart, baby. Go over to Walmart, get what I need. <laughs> Jesus says, he's going to spew them out. He's going to vomit. He's going to vomit the church out. It is gross. He wants them to get the message that he can't accept them as they are. They are proud. Uh, 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 they're saying they're proud of their achievements, but they are wretched, troubled, and miserable to be pitied. They are proud of their wealth, but they're actually poor, destitute, and reduced to begging. They are proud of the vision of themselves, but they are blind. They cannot see themselves as they really are. Someone said, Helen Keller said, the shame is not being blind, but it is to have eyes and not see. They are proud of their fashions and fine clothing, but Jesus says they are naked, exposed and revealed for what they really are, and there is no shame. No shame. Can you imagine? You jump into the pool one day and you come up naked. Oh, Lord. And everybody around you looking at you. These people are naked and they have no shame. I think there's a sex god in Las Vegas and many people kneel down to this sex god. And they have no shame. Naked, it says. Revealed, exposed, and there's no shame. Oh, praise God today. The Bible says, where much sin is, much more grace doth abound. And so Jesus gives them the invitation. He says, come for spiritual value. The Laodiceans, Laodiceans must buy gold refined in fire that they may be rich as in 1 Peter 1, 7 that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold which is perishable even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise, glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, you cannot buy happiness and peace with money. Come, Jesus says, for spiritual vesture, for Clothing, they must buy from me white garments to cover their nakedness. Isaiah says, he has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. Come for spiritual vision. They must receive salve to anoint their eyes. Psalm 119.18 says, open my eyes that I may behold. It is when our spiritual vision is restored, we see ourselves as we really are. And we see him as he really is. 
So you ask me, young people today, well, why are people dead, dry, and indifferent spiritually here in Las Vegas? Well, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 has the answer. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 has the answer. It says, the God, little g God now, of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, which is the image of God. Anyone or anything that has your homage, your affection, the affection of your heart is your little G-God. And he reigns on the throne of your heart. But thank God today, God doesn't write people off yeah. when they fall. The Laodiceans are not left hopeless to fend for themselves. The Bible says, as many as I love, Revelation 3.19, I discipline and reprove. Therefore, be zealous and repent. We are disciplined, Paul says, by the Lord in order that we may not be condemned along with the world. The church does not hate you when you fall. The church wants to love you. But some people feel when you love them. Fundy, when you, when you love them, you don't tell them the truth. You love them the way they are. But they, they want you to love them and not help them to stand up as Jesus would. And if you're not telling people the truth about their situation and their condition, you're not telling them what God wants them to hear. I hear people say, the church shouldn't be in my business once I leave 1720 North J Street. Huh? church is your family. When you get baptized and you vow, you join this family. So when you hurt, the church hurts. When you rejoice, the church rejoice. And don't tell me, well, they don't. I'm telling you what should, what is. There is rebuke on Laodicea church. I want you to listen to me. Christ loves his faithful people. Don't miss this. Even those not faithful are the subject of his love. Love is expressed to the unfaithful as discipline and rebuke to make one zealous to repent. But understand that Laodicea by their blind sufficiency, watch this. So Ephesus, they started out, they lost their first love. And by Laodicea, Jesus is outside the church, knocking, trying to get in. So Jesus was in the church, but they locked him out of the church. You don't believe me. It's right here. Jesus is outside the church door knocking. Now in your Bible you see the Lord knocked. But in the Greek, the original, it's all action. I am standing and I am knocking. Not one knock. I am knocking. Trying to get in. What a tragedy. Jesus is homeless. Standing outside the church door knocking. The king of the universe would suffer this. How long will he do that? Well, the Bible says, verse 20, he says, I stand at the door. I'm standing at the door knocking. And that's what he's doing. He longs, he longs, he longs, he longs to get in. 
Like a lover from the Song of Solomon, knocking on the door of his beloved and pleading with her to enter. He never gives up in his efforts to enter the lives of those he loves. I'm glad he never stopped knocking on my heart. Aren't you, church? We all were fools sometimes. We were stuck on fool's hill. But thank God. Thank God, church, that he didn't stop knocking at our heart's door. If any man, he says, hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will sup with him. Jesus doesn't need the whole church. He don't need all of us. Let me show you. He doesn't need all of us. Jesus doesn't save us wholesale. He just needs one person to hear him and open the door. He's a gentleman. He knocks on your heart's door. And he waits to come in. He'll knock. He will call. But he'll never kick the door down. It must be opened, young people, by an act of the will. And if you will just open the door, I will come in and have fellowship with you. You can have a revival in your life, church. And Jesus makes up for unavoidable deficiencies. His perfect holiness atones for our shortcomings. Good news, church. His righteousness is accepted in the place of our failures. When we do our best, he becomes our righteousness. You no longer have to be anxious about what Christ and the Father think of you, but what God thinks of Christ, our substitute. So don't blame your dry condition on anyone. No more excuses. No more complaints. Sometimes we complain too much. I'll tell you how many times I change mine. Several. Several times from right to left. I'll be good for two weeks. Then we have a little conversation and... It's okay. Jesus says, Jesus says, my, your shortcomings, I will take care of them. Do your part. What a deal, church. What a deal. Is there a better deal? Consider that justice, church, is when you get what you deserve. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. But grace is when you get what you don't deserve grace wrap this up now question is to you church young people in Las Vegas like Daniel was in Babylon Joseph in Egypt are you on fire for God now my concern is that many of you in this room are lukewarm if I should ask you right now, how many of you are on fire or lukewarm, many of you would say lukewarm. What concerns me more though, is that you admit it. And you're going to leave here today and do nothing about it. And what I'm concerned about is that we're Laodicea and we are loving it. We love it. Now sure, everybody wants a little God, you know. Pray for me. Little God, just a little God. Pray at the table. A little God, say a prayer for me. Just a little God. But to change my whole life? Are you crazy? Well, John says, when you compare God, Christ, with the things of the world, you make him sick to his stomach. What are these things compared to me? I gave you everything. 
you make me sick. You make me want to vomit. Just imagine, the moment church a sinner accepts Christ by faith, uh, that moment he is pardoned. Hallelujah. The moment today you walk through the doors and you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are pardoned, forgiven. You are new. Praise God. The moment a sinner believes in Christ, he stands in the sight of God uncondemned. The lawyer is your judge and the judge is your attorney. So the word is, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open the door. I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Church, is the door open today? Is the door of your heart, young people, open today? Aren't you tired of the cycle, the vicious cycle? Of saying, yes, Jesus, no, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, no, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, no, Jesus. So my appeal today, as my pianist is playing, the message today, you don't have to wait till next year to take a stand. Do you know if you have next year? <laughs> huh? I went over to St. Rose Hospital. I saw lots of people there. You don't know your future. I'm just being real with you, young and old. So the call today is for you. Here's what I want you to do. Here's it, here's it. It's for you to consider. If you're here today, you don't have a relationship with God, it's very simple. I want to pray with you wherever you are, church. Member, friend of the church. You just came in to see today. Or maybe you're a member of the church, but you know how things are with you. It's nobody's business as it concerns your spirituality right now in this place. Are you ready to take a stand right now today? If you are that person, you can come on down. I want to pray with you. Are you here? Whoever you are, I don't know. I want it to be personal. If you're here, you don't have that relationship with God, I want to pray with you. Are you here? If you're here, visitor, friend, is there, is there one person who want to make it right? Invite the church to stand. Now I'm not going to stretch this out, uh, church. But this is a serious sermon, serious appeal. And I'm wondering if you're going to leave this place the same way you came in. about you but the offer is too good it's too good church it's too good I don't know your case but God knows amen church so church bow your heads and let's pray and, and while we're praying I want church you to pray for someone who needs to have Jesus amen sister Amen. 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 Right, we, walk, we have one person here saying yes to Jesus. Now Jesus knows your case. And he wants you to come now. Not tomorrow. Today. Why not right now? Church, are you praying? Are you coming? Be courageous today. Courageous. Wherever you are, 
Church, you're praying and you're really praying knowing that if that person walks out here today, he or she does not know if the opportunity for eternal life is ever here again. That's how you pray. Is there one more person? One young person. One youth who's saying, look, I'm sick of it. I want to do it today. I don't care what people are going to say. Who want to talk. It doesn't matter. I want to come down. Are you here today? Young man, young girl, old man, young adult, are you here? Making this appeal for you. Anyone else today? I'm going to close this right here. Father, Father God, I sister who came down today you know her situation committing her all to you today I ask that you may strengthen her that she may be encouraged Father God that she may continue to kneel at your feet I pray for others in this congregation today oh God who they need to make that step but somehow today oh God couldn't I ask oh God that you may move on their hearts on their minds so that they too may come to realize just how much you love them hear our prayer now oh God and may this word be a seed in good soil that may bear much fruit today is my prayer in the name of Jesus. Let the church say, Amen. Please remain standing for the benediction.